This is Belonging, a podcast that explores being alive in the age of loneliness. I'm your host, Becca Piastrelli, a writer, mother, and community tender currently living on the ancestral lands of the Coast Miwok people in present-day Marin County, California. In this show, we explore topics like rites of passage, cultivating meaningful community, seasonal and cyclical living, and what it means to be a good ancestor in these times. I have thought-provoking conversations with friends, teachers, elders, and ancestral medicine keepers to help support you in bringing more meaning and connection to your life. I also pop in here and there to share updates and learnings from my own story, because we were meant to do this together, cosmically holding hands as we walk the spiral of life. You can expect to be challenged by new or old ideas, face your beliefs and what systems informed them, get curious and brave to tell the truth about the deeper, harder things, and feel comforted in the knowing that you don't have to navigate it all alone. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Belonging, the podcast to those of you who have been here before, to those of you who have never been here. Hi, I'm Becca Piastrelli, your host and guide on this wild winding journey of life. And today I'm doing a solo episode right now. It's the first day of November, 2022. And the rain came, surprised me this morning. And it's so cozy. And I'm wearing a big thick knit sweater and I'm burning my favorite candle that smells like the woods and the heater is pumping in my little she shed office temple. I've got my twinkle lights on that I bought at Target for less than $5. And um, yeah, I'm thinking about community today. I'm thinking about how much I still yearn for it and how on my like little bio when I talk about what I do for a living, it says I am a facilitator and teacher and guide around one of the things is cultivating meaningful community. And so as I say, I know that human beings learn best from storytelling. So I don't really know what I'm going to storytell through this episode today, but I'm feeling very reflective. I'm on day two of my moon, which means I'm bleeding and it's cozy. And the season is turning here in my bioregion of just north of San Francisco, California, Coast Miwok land. Um, and that has me in this, like f- wanting to feel my feet in the wet composting soil beneath me. And that sort of letdown of that like autumn harvest. I I think last episode, my intro was like, it's 9.30 at night and I've been busy, busy, busy. And how interesting a few weeks later, I'm like, it's cozy and mellow and reflective. And it's just so interesting how the seasons guide us in that way. And the reason I'm thinking about community is I know that this time of year, there's a lot of emphasis on gathering And for many of us, it can feel like forced gathering. And for some of us, maybe all of us, it can also feel a little exciting too. And it makes me think, as it usually does, about 
the history behind these rituals that we enact during these certain times of year. Uh, And there is something about the end of a harvest because we have agrarian ancestors who farmed the land and who depended upon it to live and thrive in their communities. There's something about the celebration and the gratitude of what has been cultivated, what has been harvested, what grew, what thrived, and then a real preparation for the coming winter, for the dream time, for the rest time, for the cold time, for the harsh time, and a reminder that we're never meant to do it alone. So I get really excited about community gathering in particularly November and December which is very much tied to holidays. I live in the United States, American Thanksgiving. It's always the third Thursday in November. And then that rolls right into holiday fun times that last through the end of December. And I also find myself burning out really easily and exhausted and sometimes sick and then wanting to be super introverted and feeling a little confused about like how to fulfill this desire, this ancestral desire I have to gather with community and how to do it in a sustainable way. So this is not going to be an episode on how to do Thanksgiving and the holidays uh, sustainably. I've talked about that a lot in the past, um, and I can talk about it another time. I also think there are lots of folks in the like wellness and coaching world that can beautifully guide us through how to do the winter holidays and gathering and family time with boundaries and resourcing and self-tending and all of that. But I think what I want to talk about more, what gets me more jazzed is to talk about intentionally calling in and cultivating community in your life. And so the best way I can do that is to talk about where I'm at, because I, I wonder if there are some misconceptions out there in the world, in the big bad world, about how community shows up in my life. And I certainly love to share the highlight reel, particularly on social media, of when, when I am, because we naturally do that when things are exciting, we want to share it, we want to share it. And so I do have these ways of gathering with community that I share. And I also feel loneliness often. And I also live in um, you know, a single family nuclear family situation in the suburbs of California. Um, and as you know, if you listen to past episodes or follow along with me on my emails, Tim, my partner and I are thinking more long-term about how to do community, like do life in a more communal, relational way. Because if there's anything I've been fully convinced of in this lifetime is that this isolated way we're living does not serve us in any phase of life, childhood, teen years, when you're single, when you're partnered, when you have a child, when you're elderly. (laughs) I skipped over a big part, but you know what I mean. And so I've spent a lot of time and I continue to do research because I think my life's work is to grapple with this out loud. And we've bought this farm and we are slowly going to make our way there in 2023. 
And part of why we bought this land was with an intention to be in deeper community. So how does community look in my life right now? Hmm. It's a guiding light and it is a remembering and a forgetting and a remembering again. So I'd say as a human being who has a small child and both parents work and I have so many dreams and and projects and and people to tend to I often find myself tired. I'm also still struggling with fatigue and easily run out of resources ever since I gave birth. But even before I gave birth, if I'm honest, I'm tired a lot. And so in the being tired, there is a retreat that happens where, you know, I want to be alone. I want to, especially as a mother, I want to be alone. I want to go to bed early. I want to just like read a book by myself and take a bath or watch a show. And then there is a point where that sort of tips over this invisible line that I sometimes can't notice is there until I've crossed it, tips over into, okay, I've been alone too long. I'm lonely. I need community. This is where I'm interested in like what it would be like to live in close proximity with other folks, you know, that meals are shared with or like play dates are scheduled with or paths cross where that could sort of buoy me a little bit more because what I have to do in these moments is I have to reach out. This is what I coach people in doing when they say, oh, I just yearn for like-minded, like-hearted folks in my community. Like, how do I do this? How do I, how do I create circles? Like, how do I, how do I gather in this way? And, and I say, well, in these times we live in, you have to, it sounds like you have the desire, so you have to create it. You have to do the cultivating, you have to do the inviting, you have to do the outreach, the initiating. Some folks are really bummed to hear that because it's like more work. And I I feel that too sometimes, but I do know that this is a yearning that most, if not all of us have. And because we are in our little boxes on the hillside, um, it takes effort. And so that's what I try to remind myself of is um, to carve out time in my energy, carve out time in my calendar to remember that it's just as important as drinking water and moving my body and feeding my family and making sure I get enough protein and going to bed and all these ways I take stretching my body. It's also connecting with, with human beings. So when that line is crossed and I've been in the bathtub too long and I start, you know, making up stories about how everyone's hanging out without me because Instagram is not helping that, which is why I'm there might be an episode coming down the line about my relationship with social media because that feels like it's evolving quickly and it's definitely seasonally attuned. But that can reinforce a feeling of being alone or everyone hanging out without me or missing out is scrolling on Instagram. I know I have to reach out. And so that means reaching out to friends. That means reaching out on text threads. That means planning to meet up for dinners or lunches or coffee dates. And what I'm learning in that outreach is because sometimes I have a nervousness around my time. Sometimes every day I have a nervousness around my time, at least in the construct of linear time. And so I'm learning to be way more clear in my invitations, way more clear about it's okay to have a quick meetup. 
Like last week, I had coffee with some friends of mine, with some fellow mamas. And it was the first time we all got together actually without our children, which felt like a milestone because all our kids are over two now. And we always used to, we, the first two years, we'd all just meet up with our babies. And sometimes it was mayhem. And sometimes they would just like sit and babble on the blankets. Actually, there was one always crying. But what we've realized is like, we'll take sort of like, I can't believe I'm saying this, we'll take what we can get, but I think we make the most of what we can get. So we could all meet up for coffee at 11, but like wanted to go pick up her kid before nap time at 1140 or something. And we made the most of those 40 minutes. It was savored in such a way that I'm really grateful to motherhood for showing me that I can get my needs met, maybe not, you know, in a long, luxurious, like full day laying by the pool. And I do yearn for that. But for a moment of community connection, it's a cup filling thing. So I'd say from a practical skill set sort of outlook, I'm trying to put myself in your shoes. If you're like, how do I do more of that? I think clear invitations are a big part of it. I think a lot of us are pretty nervous about our time and maybe say no because things just aren't possible. And there is a risk of being overscheduled. But I think if we can be really clear, like, hey, I'd love to meet up and have coffee or tea with you sometime. Oh, I had one that was really great. Someone reached out to me. First of all, she said, I'd love to chat with you. Do you prefer to be emailed, text, or DM'd? (laughs) And I was like, Hmm, texted. And then she texted me and she said, Hey, sometime in the next like couple months, I'd love when it's feeling spacious to meet up for coffee. And I don't think it would be more than an hour. And I'd love to meet up here. And it, I'd love for it to be in the morning because that's when I have childcare. And just wondering what would feel good for you. And there was something about the invitation that had me like not ghost it, although I'm not a real ghoster, but I am a pusher offer. And P.S. Anyone who has an iPhone now that the new update has Mark as unread for text messages, chef's kiss. Thank you for that. But that invitation just felt like such a yes because it was really soft and tender and offered consent to me and gave me a lot of information. I think there is an art to the invitation that can help soothe all of us with like blasted out nervous systems, soothe us into a space of connection. So there's a hot tip right there. And then I know some of you are are curious about more of like the sacred gathering side of community. And in that place, I really have stepped into a place of leadership. So for those of you who are lucky to be in a community where there is established leadership around gatherings and you're invited in, cool. I think for me to get what I need, I've had to be a part of the team that plans, be a part of the group of people that initiates, be a part of the team that envisions. And I have found through going to these gatherings and identifying people who have that same energy, I haven't had to do it alone. So I'm not over here like planning bonfires and rituals and and um, weekend intensives of healing and song circles and fire ceremonies. I mean, I have made it a priority in my life and I participate in some and I've identified the other folks, the helpers, the visioners, the medicine keepers, the people who organize these things. And we've come together in a, in a way that has been really natural. And over the last eight years of my life, and I remember it started 
when I moved to Mill Valley, California from Oakland, California, and I didn't know many people and I started going to gatherings and then talking to the people in charge. And then it naturally came up this way. And I remember I have this YouTube video that had like my most views in a long time. And it is a slightly cringy title, but it was how I manifested my dream community. And um, it was true for me. It was true for me then. But in the video, I talked about how I moved to this town and I, I said what I wanted. I made like a vision board. I wrote about it in my journal and it happened. And I think a lot of it was because I made myself available it wasn't just spell casting. I made myself available to these events. I was like, ear was always out and I would show up to them and then I'd talk to the people who led them. And eight years later, I'm in a circle with some of them. And now I have this deeper community who I've talked with some of them here on this podcast where we like travel to gather and celebrate. Like we have a, we celebrate Beltane May Day the return of the season of light every every spring together. And then eventually Tim and I will be hosting Beltane on our farm. We're going to be the new location for it. With We've already identified the f- this field away from the road where the maypole will be up and the lilac orchard where we'll put the tents up for everyone to camp. And I can talk about the farm vision in a moment, although I'm feeling a little private about that. But I know that's like the number one question I get is what are you planning to do with the farm? But this is all to say, like a lot of this takes time that I never thought that we'd be looking at the maypole field on our farm eight years ago when I moved into that little cottage and made that YouTube video about manifesting my dream community. At that point, it was just like making myself available to like howl at the moon once in a while. Anyone else want to wear a black on Halloween and wear a witch hat? Anyone else like feel connected to the full moon? Anyone else like want to dance around a fire? <laughs> Because I think that would be cool. And then now I'm in such a place of leadership around that and surrounded by folks who are also in leadership. And so I do get these invitations and I do make these invitations. So I wrote in my journal that is sitting in front of me of like ideas and notes for this episode. I wrote, what skills am I still in need of, Becca? And there are so many. There are so many. I feel so new. There's something about the more... There's probably a great meme out there about this, but the more you learn about a topic or the more you devote yourself to the mastery of a topic, the more you realize you have no idea about it. (laughs) That's how I feel about cultivating meaningful community, how to live in a community way, how to be a more relational human being. The more I learn, the more I unlearn, the more I realize I know so little. And I'm in a devotional practice to grappling with my desire to feel more in community. And also the ways I'm repulsed and scared about community living. I think I joke a lot about like, you know, you don't need to go live on a commune in order to feel a presence of community. And I think that's because I'm scared of living on a commune. I'm also obsessed with any sort of like podcast or documentary about all these like land-based communities from the 70s, um, most of which have not gone well. And I'm very curious as to why When I talk about community living, I know a lot of people default to ways that it hasn't worked in modern times. And so I am curious, especially as someone who's married to an introvert who feels very suspicious of human beings a lot. If you've listened to episodes with Tim, you know that about him. As someone who was raised in a hyper-individualist family situation and still lives in one, 
how we as human beings in this modern time with the privilege, you know, the privileges that we have, which is, you know, my audience in this like Western industrialized world with a fair amount of privilege, like how do we shift the culture to be more community minded? And that starts and always is with me. And so what skills am I still in need of? I think a lot of what I want to work on is I really liked my interview with Carmen Spaniola, which was my last episode. She has this incredible community called the Numinous Network. And I love how she talks about like a nervous system regulation, getting contact, nutrition, and like the titration, the small bits of easing your nervous system into a new way of being. And that's um, that really resonates with me. I think Becca a few years ago did all this research and was blown away. And I think, yeah, you can't just go zero to land-based commune. I remember Rachel Maddox was, I interviewed her on this podcast, who I know just recently did an experiment with a land-based community talking about like, how can we meet these needs for the village in ways that our nervous systems can actually handle? And is it just two friends buying the house next to each other and knocking down fences? I think um, Ariella Daly talked about that too in my interview with her and Megan McGuire. I think there are many different ways to do it. And what I want to work on is my fears of losing control, my nervousness around men in charge, my um, nervousness with conflict. That's a big one. I feel like I am a devoted student of how to navigate disharmony in a group setting and not just want it to be just like harmonized immediately and how to call my nervous system to navigate it. And I think the only way to do that is to, well, be trained, but also to navigate conflict in community. It's like, what is the thing? If you're afraid of something, you just have to have enough interactions with it for the fear to like go away. That's what they say about fear of flying. If you're afraid of flying, just fly a lot. Or like afraid of spiders, just look at a lot of spiders. Exposure therapy. So I feel like I need exposure therapy in navigating conflict in community. And I think I just always want to let it be known to myself and to others that um, like I'm a baby in the deep end when it comes to this stuff, because this a lot of this work has been lost. And I don't come from a family of origin or a lineage that has skills in this area. So a lot of my work is encouraging us all to do it together. So the farm. People are wanting to know, the people want to know what are we doing? And the answer is, I don't know. I don't know yet. And I have felt pretty frozen around and overwhelmed at all the possibilities. And so I've been really to try to move through my thaw, the freeze of overwhelm. I've been going into this dreaming space. And so I could tell you a little bit about what I'm dreaming about. And um, one, I don't want to be held to it. And two, it's really precious and tender, right? So I I invite you to witness what I'm dreaming into. And I asked for no input. I got some input on DMs. I didn't put a boundary there, so it's okay. On what I was supposed to do on the farm. And it, I didn't like that feeling. (laughs) And this is like a side note for this as yet unplanned podcast conversation with myself or maybe someone about consent and DMs and anonymous relationships uh, of intimacy we establish over DMs. 
but yeah, I've been told you have to do permaculture. You, you have to be a vegan and not raise any animals, just rescue them. You have to do grass fed beef. You uh, do a fl- cut flower garden. And, and so I, I remember when we were in the first few months of just like learning about farming and figuring out the survey and getting the inspections and like testing the soil. And we're still in all of this process. It's taking a long time, but we're not being urgent about it. I lost the thread of the why, like, why were we called to do this? And I'm returning to that now with the letdown of, of autumn, with the leaves releasing from the deciduous trees and, and it's community, it's community. And so what do I dream of? I dream of building my parents a house so that they can be mere minutes walk from ours and they can, we can have some semblance of intergenerational living in a way that is titrated and our, all of our nervous systems can navigate. I dream of building tiny homes for friends and folks who need sanctuary from evacuations or unsafe living conditions or burnout. I dream of glamping tents or like bell tents in the summer, having campouts. I dream of animals in the barn, baby calves nursing on their mamas. I dream of a massive vegetable garden where part of the plots are given to maybe students at Atlas's school and we can teach and learn gardening together. I dream of leasing some of the fields to young farmers just learning so they don't have to have that barrier to farming that comes with owning land or even leasing land. It can be so expensive. I also just learned from the farmer who is tending to the land while we're not there that dairy farmers have a higher suicide rate than veterans. And he's teaching me and Tim so much about the devotional work of farming, particularly if you're doing it in a like non- mass sort of corporate ag way. And I want to support that. I dream of like learning and raising animals to feed my family from like beginning to end, including the sacredness and just brutalness of, of harvesting so that I can really be in integrity with my food. I dream of doing that community. I dream of bringing folks who know indigenous ancestral skills to lead Skillshare classes on the farm and having some of the attendees be able to attend for free. I dream of weddings in the barn. I dream of retreats in the barn. I dream of men's work happening with Tim in one field and um, me having circles in a year in another. I dream of friends staying for the summer (laughs) and their children swimming in the lake or ice skating on it in winter. I I guess that's all that I wanna share. Because that feels pretty tender to even share with you now. There's such a temptation to enact plans like immediately. And I'm about to interview Hillary Maddox, aka Black Girl Country Living, who is a few steps ahead of me in going from the city to a homestead and how that goes. But I do know that the way of this life is one that is slower and more informed by the land. And I. I feel like it's somewhat colonial to have all these plans for land that I have. I don't, I'm not sitting on that land right now. And um, we have some work to do in the house. The house was built in 1860 and we have some things to finish up here in California. 
and so this is all moving in a really, really, at a really slow pace. So to have a vision and then get it in motion before even getting there and feeling the land. And there's just so much in the way of ritual and relationship with this land that has seen many quote owners. This idea of owning land is very challenging to me. Yeah. There's some work to be done. There's some relationship building to be done. So yes, I've been reading about flower farming and raising cows and, and dreaming about, okay, I'm dreaming about a cut flower field with arches and a maze, like a pumpkin patch, like corn maze, but with flowers that bloom in October, like maybe dahlias or sunflowers. And then having a little farm stand that's like little person size, like Atlas toddler sized. (laughs) This is what I'm thinking about. Maybe I'll do it. Maybe I won't. And selling pumpkins and eggs from our chickens and things like that and supporting other farmers in the farm store. And having it being honor system with a little like Venmo code and a cash box. And then maybe a stage for local bands to play on. Those are my dreams. Hold them tenderly. We'll see what happens. So as we, to bring it back pre-farm dream list, head into the seasons of gathering to consider what you really want out of these gatherings and to be clear in your invitation. It's okay to do it differently. It's okay to actually decide that even though we've always done it this way, let's try this way. It's okay to make people a little uncomfortable by honoring (laughs) the ancestors of the land you live on. It's okay to say you want to leave out an ancestor's spirit played at Thanksgiving. It's okay to opt out of the drunken Christmas Eve party if that's not your thing. I don't know why these are coming through. These aren't true for me, (laughs) but maybe they are for you. It's okay. I think it's a radical act to choose to do a gathering in a more conscious way. And I know that a lot of us are craving that. Okay. I hope this served as always. When I complete these solo episodes, I have a confusion as to what I just said, but um, I trust, I trust that the right words came through. I'll be back in a couple of weeks with another interview. Bye for now. Thank you so much for joining me. In a time when our attention is being pulled in so many different directions, it means a lot that you took time out of your day to spend it with me and in these important conversations. For show notes and links and more information about my guests, you can head to belongingpodcast.com. And if you'd like to hear more from me and get access to my free newsletter called Slow and Seasonal, you can head to beccapiastrelli.com slash subscribe.